The Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the Tennessee Titans 13-3 in what can only be called an ugly performance. We dive into that right here on Locked on Bucks Live. Let's go. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we are graced by all of your presences as you are joining us here on our live reaction show following the preseason game against the Tennessee Titans. Of course, I am James Yarko, joined by my co-host, David Harrison. You can check out his written work over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. I'm over at SB Nation's BucksNation.com. And of course, make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Yeah, and as always, we thank you again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or your first view of the day. Uh, Super White Shadow, we are not sloppy. We are very professional. We are put very put together. Um, unfortunately, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not always that way on Saturday. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the games start. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will have studs and duds from the Buccaneers preseason loss to the Tennessee Titans coming up. But first, we have to talk about the top story of the night, uh, the top two stories, which we're going to start with something that's no laughing matter, of course, and that is the injury suffered by guard Aaron Stinney. First and foremost, Aaron Stinney, an experienced guard. Uh, you know, again, competing for a starting role, possibly, you know, my, my feeling and kind of the the word around, uh, you know, people I've been talking to is that honestly, Aaron probably was not going to win that job. But even if he doesn't win the job, you know, the old saying goes, you never have too many offensive linemen. And Aaron Stinney, even as a depth piece, is one that has, first of all, Super Bowl experience, right? And the playoff experience, uh, thanks to his his time there after Alex Kappa got injured in 2020. So you feel for the for the young man, you feel for the player, obviously, and then for the team aspect, James, this is just another injury on the offensive line. Again, you have, we talked about this with Ryan Jensen, you have a quarterback that is known for not doing well with pressure up the middle. I mean, no quarterback does, but of, of all the quarterbacks in the National Football League, this is one of the more immobile quarterbacks out there. I mean, it takes him 12 seconds to run 12 yards. It's, it's, it's crazy sometimes. Um, so another blow that the that the uh, Buccaneers honestly could not afford. And, and judging from the way, for one, the cart comes out to the players. You know what I mean? You saw unpadded, you know, just jersey-wearing player. I saw Mike Evans, I think, walking onto the field to go take a knee and, and wish his buddy, you know, good, that's that's never a good thing. So first and foremost, hearts, you know, hearts and feelings out to Aaron Stinney for what that means for him potentially. Uh, but then from the Buccaneers, again, just just not anything you could afford to have happen tonight. Yeah, well, and and you mentioned that he probably wasn't going to win that job. I don't know. After the way Luke Gedeke, is that right? Yeah, Gedeke yeah. performed uh, against the Tennessee Titans, uh, I would have rather had Aaron Stinney on the starting offensive line. And I understand this is kind of his first work along with those guys at that you know starting guard position. 
Uh, we'll get more into that a little bit later. But yeah, you hope it's nothing serious. It looks, after seeing a couple of different replays, it looks like it was more of an ankle and not a knee. So maybe if you're looking at a high ankle sprain, you know, obviously that's a, a tough injury to come back from as well. But we're not talking about a torn MCL or, or something like that. So hopefully Stinney can get back on his feet and, and return to the team sooner rather than later. But he sure did look discouraged. When he got put on that cart, he was he was hanging his head. He was slamming his helmet onto the cart. He was he he looked defeated, and that's not generally a good sign. And again, Ryan Jensen was the same way. We're still waiting on an official word on on his injury, but it didn't look good. As, you know, initially, maybe it looked worse than it actually is. Fingers crossed that that is the case, and hoping for a, a timely and speedy and full recovery for Aaron Stinney. Yeah, absolutely. So again, if you're in the live, uh, the live chat with us, appreciate you guys coming through as always, of course, following the Buccaneers loss to the Tennessee Titans, make sure some of you are already doing it, but make sure you drop your questions into that live chat. We will, we will screen grab them. I'm getting ready to do that right now. We'll screen grab them. And as we did during training camp, uh, our next full episode, uh, which will be dropping for you guys Tuesday, we will get to as many of those questions as we can. But James, right now we got to get to the next biggest storyline of the night. And that was the storyline that everybody came into the game looking to watch, which was, of course, second year quarterback Kyle Trask, uh, who was playing his second, you know, not even a full game, but kind of the majority uh, of the game ends up playing 11 series. Now, two of those series, he doesn't even throw a pass. Uh, the one at leading up to halftime, he doesn't throw a pass. And then the first series of the game that he's in there, he doesn't throw a pass. He dropped back for a pass, ended up sacked. So he didn't throw the pass. Um, but just, I mean, overall, a bad night, right? Like, like, that's just really kind of how you have to put it. I mean, second series of the game uh, that he's in, one for two. Then he goes two for four, one for two, two for three. Just not a lot of three, 18 yards, 16 yards, 16 yards. Not a whole lot of just huge plays. There were some highlights. So a 17-yard pass uh, to Tyler Johnson on a second and 10 play, his third series into the game. And then, of course, his fourth series of the game, he's one for two, 16 yards, and then Rashad White. Uh, has the fumble that I will never claim the Sun Devil is responsible for. Uh, of course, his fifth drive of the game, Jalen Darden is the target on an interception, and you, you always, you know, you hate to see those kinds of things. And then coming out of the second half, you know, I kind of had some, some, uh, some, some optimism for young Kyle Trask because two for three on his first drive out of the half, thirty-eight yards, a thirty-four yarder uh, to De to Devin Tompkins, your guy that you you really identified in our pregame. Uh, but then a, a Kalen Geiger drops touchdown really cost them all of the good juju on that drive. They end up uh, the fumble, the double fumble. I don't know what you want to call it. Basically takes them out of field goal range, although kind of surprised that Todd Bowles didn't try that 55-yard field goal. But, hey, uh, I'm not the head coach for a reason. Um, so just an up-and-down night for Kyle Trask all in all. There was one very brief replay of that Rashad White fumble, and it looked like he was down. Then the local broadcast goes to commercial. They come out of commercial, and the Titans offense is on the field. We never got another replay. We didn't have the official coming out and saying, you know, after reviewing the play, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't think that was a fumble, and I, I think Rashad White kind of got hosed on that, but Tyler Johnson – continue to look good. Uh, I, I'm still liking what I'm seeing out of Jalen Darden. 
uh, Devin Tompkins, like you said, he had a, a fantastic catch. It was a great throw by Kyle Trask, a great catch by Devin Tompkins, but goodness gracious, Geiger, I'll be shocked if he's with the team Monday morning. He did not do himself any favors at all. Multiple drops in big oh. moments that could have moved the chains, could have put points on the board. A rough, rough night for Geiger. And, I mean, it really, it was a rough night for everybody. But Trask, again, showed some flashes. Uh, you know, some of the, the skill position guys showed some flashes. But then there were other guys that just really couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah, absolutely. So Kalen Geiger, definitely not a, uh, a stud of this game, but we'll find out if he actually hit dud status. As far as Kyle Trask is concerned, look, there's a lot to be concerned with, right? There's some processing uh, issues and, and all those things, but at the same time, there are also some moments where his teammates, and honestly, even the officials, there was a play he got hit in the, he got slapped upside the helmet and there was no flag. And then that fumble, actually, a defensive lineman just belly flopped on top of him, uh, which we've seen quarterbacks get plenty of flags uh, for even less. So, there were some moments where Kyle Trask could have been helped out a little bit by the rules and the officials, a little bit by his teammates, obviously, and maybe that could have got things going a little bit. Um, but it definitely looked as you got further into uh, into the second half that you know Kyle's confidence was just a little bit less and less as we continue to go on. Not a good look there at the end of the game. Odds are Kyle Trask won't be playing much after next weekend anyway, so that's the good thing. But he was he one of our studs or one of our duds? Did he do bad enough, James? to make our duds list. Did he do well enough without the help of the uh, officials and his teammates to make the stud list? We'll tell you that later in the episode. If you've got studs or duds, drop them in the live comments. But speaking of odds, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, and NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Uh, speaking of combat sports, some, some interesting things dropping on UFC Tonight, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Bucks Nation for making the Locked On Bucks podcast first listen. Or your first view every single day. And special thanks to all of you joining us live. Uh, a whole lot of names. Lindsay, Malcolm, Mike, the good Austin. Encouraging everybody to hit the like button. We definitely want to encourage that as well. Super White Shadow, we knew that you were joking, that you weren't talking about us. We greatly appreciate that. Guys, it is Fantasy Draft Week on the Locked On Podcast Network. However you play, experts from Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty Football will bring you daily positional top 10 lists to get you ready for the season. Find Locked on fantasy football and locked on dynasty football on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Our studs and duds are coming. Drop yours in the comments. But right now we're talking plays of the game. And James, there were a lot to choose from here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kyle Trask. And I, I kind of already mentioned this. His pass to Devin Tompkins, number 83 on your roster. Number one in your heart. Second 11 from the Tampa Bay. 47-yard lines, 9 minutes, 17 seconds uh, left in the quarter at the time. Kyle Trask passes the ball deep to the right side of the field to Devin Tompkins, who ends up out of bounds at the Tennessee 19 for 34 yards. It was a great decision. It was a great ball placement. It was a great catch, great concentration. Just all-around great play. They got the Buccaneers into the red zone where they promptly and swiftly ended up punting 
the football. But that is my play of the day because it just it just kind of encapsulated everything. But look, it also wasn't the last positive decision that Kyle Trask made, right? Like he made some good decisions in this game. He had some good passes. Uh, again, looking at you, Kalen Geiger, but that was kind of one of them that you really just kind of saw that potential, not just in Kyle Trask, but also in Devin Tompkins, who's a guy that came away with a very strong night, uh, very, already a very solid training camp. And I don't know how he doesn't make this roster at this point in time. We'll get into more roster predictions as we get into uh, to the to the rest of the week. But if, if Kalen Geiger is a primary cut target potentially with uh, more cuts coming on Tuesday where the, the teams have to trim down to 80 people on the roster from 85 or 84, how many they have right now. Um, I think Devin Tompkins has to be a candidate to make the roster, James, because yeah. there's a lot of teams out there that could poach him from a practice squad very, very quickly if the Buccaneers allow him to get there. Yeah, well, and that's the tough decision that the Buccaneers are going to have to face, right? I was on a, a Toronto radio station on Friday, and the the host was asking me about depth and and where the Bucks have the most depth. And I said, yeah, there's no question to me. It's wide receiver. The Bucks are going to cut five wide receivers that are going to end up on 53-man rosters across the league. You take a look at a, a team like Green Bay, where they really don't have a replacement right now for Devontae Adams. They have Alan Lazard, and then they have some rookies. And that's really kind of all they have going for them. You're telling me that Devin Tompkins wouldn't help Aaron Rodgers out in Green Bay. Scotty Miller wouldn't help Aaron Rodgers out in Green Bay. And, and I saw Lindsay in the chat talking about how Scott Miller didn't look very good. And, you know, he dropped a, a pass that he absolutely should have had. But then he made another nice catch later on, moved the sticks uh, and helped the team out. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Devin Tompkins is absolutely making a, a case for himself, fighting tooth and nail for that final wide receiver spot. And we both know and, and our viewers and listeners know because they're intelligent, informed people that his path is going to be how much can he contribute on special teams, right? Whether he's a gunner, you know, whatever the case may be, I, I don't think he's going to be a return guy by any means, but that's going to be his path is he has to have that versatility, right? Is he a guy that's going to throw himself in that mix knowing that he can't make it as a wide receiver alone? He's going to have to offer something else because there's just too much talent at that position for the Buccaneers for him to kind of overcome. Because we talk about Tyler Johnson, we talk about Scotty Miller, we we continue to ignore the fact that Brashad Perryman's even a human being because the guy hasn't practiced since March. You have no idea what's going on with him, so he may not even make the team. But Devin Tompkins, back-to-back -back weeks now, has shown what he can provide for this team. And imagine how much better he could be when it's Tom Brady throwing the rock instead of Kyle Trask. And, and again, not that Trask has been terrible, but there's just a slight difference in talent between Trask and Brady. Little, little bit of a drop-off between the two, I think, would be a fair assessment of the situation. So I, I'm really intrigued as to what the Buccaneers are, are going to do. And look, one of our favorite guys, Zion McCollum, the cornerback, he didn't play mm -hmm. in this game, which opened up opportunity for some of these other corners that are fighting for a roster spot. Their pathway also is going to be what can they contribute on special teams in addition to providing the depth. And one of the corners that really stood out, really played well, is who got my play of the game, and that's Don Gardner with his interception. It was second and five for Tennessee at their own 43-yard line, 
And on a pass that was intended for Traylon Burks, who was he's supposed to be, you know, the the top guy for Tennessee moving forward. Mm-hmm. I played like the whole game. Like I realized they got Robert Woods, but obviously you draft Traylon Burks to be the guy, right? He's supposed to be that dude. Gardner, beautiful read on the play, got himself in a perfect position to intercept that pass. It obviously led to nothing for the Buccaneers offense, but going up against a guy who is going to be a number one or possibly a number two wide receiver for, you know, the Tennessee Titans, when you're barely scraping by trying to fight for that, that roster spot, it was an incredible move by him. Great coverage, great awareness, clean catch, beautifully done by Gardner. Absolutely. No, it was a very good play. And, I got to admit, James, I kind of laughed a little bit when when Burks was still in there with the third team Tennessee Titans offense, because if you go back to the pre-draft process, right, I was I was one of the early guys like, oh, this kid Traylon Burks out of out of Arkansas. Like a lot of people aren't talking about him. He's got some talent. He's got some skills. You know, could be could be a good day two type of guy that maybe you bring in and develop him, you know, over the next year or two. And then next thing you know, those guys get like top 10 convert, like the people are mocking into the New York Jets at, at pick number 10 or Washington at pick 11. I'm just like, oh. Oh, what what is happening here with Traylon Burks going to the first round? There were some people talking about the Buccaneers taking him because uh, Chris Godwin isn't going to play until December, um, and so so you know I'm not like laughing at the kid, of course. You know that's 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 rude, but just just happy that my my instincts about the young man were were apparently true. And the Tennessee Titans certainly uh, I'm not saying regretting any draft picks, but Malik Willis. We got some commenters talking about Malik Willis's performance or lack thereof. Look. I, you got, you guys know if you've been watching or listening to this show since before the draft, you guys know I'm, I'm a Malik Willis fan as a football player. That is not the Malik Willis I saw in Mobile. That is not the Malik Willis we saw in that game. Cause I, at first, I'm kind of like, well, you know, practice a little bit easier because you know you can't get hit. So even if there's a pass rush, quote unquote, you know you can't get hit. But then you go back to Senior Bowl and you can get hit there. And he, and he was still balling out across the yard. Uh, rough. I mean, some flashes of some things, but for the most part, more flashes of just, Bad, bad football. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, not at all scared for his job this year. I actually tweeted out from I was running the Bucks Nation Twitter, uh, but I tweeted out from my own account that Malik Willis is not good. And there had to be this Titans fan that was just searching Malik Willis. Absolutely. Because she didn't follow me. She didn't follow anyone that follows me. The tweet wasn't retweeted, and she, like, attacks me. Like, are you even watching your team? And he's got to adjust to the NFL and, you know, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, good for him? Like, he's bad. Like, the only thing he has going for him is he runs around. He's Lamar Jackson without the capability of throwing the football. I hope he yeah. gets better. I got nothing against him, but he looked yeah. bad. Um, all, I, all I'm saying is if we were doing studs and duds for Titans – he probably would have been my dud. But coming up, we are going to share our studs and our duds from the Buccaneers. You know what is always a dud, David? Drunk drivers. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. Then a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you only live a couple of blocks away. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. 
everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Wrapping things up here on a live edition of the Locked On Box podcast. Thank you, all of you, once again, who are in the live chat. And yes, Super White Shadow One, duds are depressing, which is why I'm going to start off with my stud. <clears throat> call it cheating, call it low hanging fruit. I don't care. The man was suited up, he was on the field, and while he was out there, he was dominating. My stud is Joe Tryon Shoyinka, credited with three tackles, two tackles for loss, one of which was on fourth and two. And here's what I don't understand. He wasn't credited with a sack, but his tackle for loss on that fourth and two was on Malik Willis for four-yard loss. I think that's a sack. I could be wrong. Yeah. There's a read option, so it's like – you know, it's basically a run play. Tight for a loss. He hit the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage. That's a sack. Uh, even when he wasn't making tackles or sacks that weren't sacks but were sacks, uh, he was getting phenomenal pressure. He really looked fantastic. He did have one little issue where he jumped a hair too early, got flagged for offside. But the very next play, the Titans false start negates the whole thing. We're right back where we started. Joe Tryon showing a fantastic game out of him. Now we need to see that against the Colts next week. Then we need to see it build week after week after week when this guy is going up against the top that the NFL has to offer. Yeah, um, I agree. Sorry, I was reading a really long comment by Lindsay that turned out to be basically nothing. Uh, but it was very, very entertaining. Uh, my stud. So Joe Tryon Joink, a very good option for a stud in this game. I don't think that yeah that's it's very entertaining um i don't think we're gonna see joe try and try and swing could do that against colts because i think he's gonna be on the sideline watching the football game and having fun and maybe it's eating some nachos Dresser, we maybe. will see Dresser. what the uh, the buccaneers we'll see what the buccaneers decide to do james jarko okay my stud the team's leading receiver in this game which i know is kind of hard when there's only 14 Passes completed overall for the entire game. But Devin Tompkins, two catches on two targets, 38 yards, including a 34-yarder uh, that, again, would have helped lead to possibly a Buccaneers comeback victory if it wasn't for somebody else that we're not going to talk about just yet. But look, this is this is a guy who he's already you know shown a little bit of special teams ability. Now he's showing that receiver ability. And, and I think that the Buccaneers kind of you, you feel good. He, he showed up early in the offseason programs, right? Todd Bowles identified him before training camp. This is why he's all kinds of people think they look like geniuses, including us, because we're like, oh, you know, Devin Tompkins, undrafted free agent from Utah State. We are looking forward to seeing him in training camp. Well, why did we say that? Because Todd Bowles said it. So when the head coach says it, you say it too, and you agree with him. And then you show up to training camp, and you see him balling out against practice competition and against the Dolphins and now against the Tennessee Titans. Look, I mean, whatever the kid does, 
He's doing it very, very well. And, uh, I mean, he's showing up, James, on the Salty Dog podcast. And listen, that's a team-run podcast, team media, team PR. You know what I mean? You put put one and one together, it, it equals some, some numbers. My dud, uh, also coming from the wide receiver group, is Kalen Geiger, unfortunately. Uh, but look, a fumble, a muffed kickoff that nobody's really talking about, but it's a, it's a, it shows a lack of concentration, a lack of awareness. Then honestly, once he muffed the kickoff, didn't really know like he looked like he knew what to do with it. Uh, dropped a touchdown pass, dropped a deep ball that Kyle Trask threw. I mean, first of all, listen, and this is so for all the Kyle Trask detractors, right? Again, didn't have a clean day, didn't have a perfect day by any means. Definitely a lot of flaws. No, nobody's nobody's hiding that fact. But when we talk about some of the positives here, there's a play late in this game. When Kyle Trask comes to the line, he makes an adjustment. Again, he looks over to the right side. He's talking to two wide receivers. He says, hey, Jared Stearns, you do this. Hey, Kalen Geiger, you do this. The wide receivers say, cool, we got you, quarterback. We'll do what you tell us to do. The ball snaps. Kyle takes a one, maybe two-step drop, floats a ball up over a defender. Uh, again, 20-plus yards, depending on where Kalen Geiger comes down with that ball. They're, in, they're on their own 34-yard, or they're on the Tennessee 34-yard line when Kyle throws that ball up. Kalen falls to the ground without the football at about the eight yard line. So again, do the math. You're inside the 10 yard line, all because of an adjustment that Kyle Trask made to the line of scrimmage, made the call, made the throw with confidence, put it right where you needed it to be. And you just dropped the ball. You can't do those things. And I was talking to some guys in, in a DM uh, that I, that I maintain on Twitter with cuts coming up. Look, this is a very deep group. It's a very competitive group. You know that the guys who are, who are injured are coming back and they're going to be playing uh, eventually for this team you're all fighting for jobs four or five or later right like nobody's fighting for a number three job uh here in this competition so when you're fighting to be a back-end guy in a wide receiver room you can't make these kinds of mistakes especially all in one game and more importantly james you have the fumble okay but then you have the muff kickoff that shows that your brain is just not in it. then you have the drop then you have another drop more concerning to me about kaylin geiger tonight than the mistakes was the continued mistakes and lack of resiliency. Because in this game, on this team, you're going to run up against the New Orleans Saints, the Los Angeles Rams, the Green Bay Packers, the San Francisco 49ers. You're going to run into a game where you need to rally together and you have to be able to bounce back. And what Kalen Geiger did in a preseason game against a bunch of guys that aren't going to be on an NFL roster was not only not bounce back, but continue to crumble. Yeah, it was it was the snowball effect, right? Once one thing went wrong for Geiger, it just continued to snowball to worse and worse and worse and worse, and he couldn't dig himself out of that hole. Uh, my dud is somebody that I hope can dig himself out of the hole that he kind of caused on uh, on Saturday night, and that is Luke Gedeke. Uh, not a great performance. You have your opportunity to be the starting guard. Uh, two fantastic runs by Rashad White, negated by holding penalties by Gedeke. Uh, he just didn't look good. He looked a little out of his element, which I thought he looked pretty solid last week against the Miami Dolphins. And so I'm wondering where the regression came from. Was it the nerves that he was getting the first team reps? Was it, yeah, I don't know what it was, but the Bucks, especially now with Aaron Stinney being out for however long he's going to be out, Gedeke has to step up. We have to see better out of him. We know he's capable. We've watched it. But in game situations, that's the difference. We're, we're not talking about practice anymore. The game. We're talking about the game. 
and Gedeke has to be better. If he's going to be the starting guard, there's no excuse. Tom Brady will get snapped in half if Luke Gedeke plays the way he did against the Titans when the Bucs are facing the Rams or the Cowboys or the Saints. It, it'll get ugly real fast. So I hope this is the first and only time he makes my duds list. Now, David, you put a bonus stud on on the list, as did I. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to you. Who was your bonus stud for this game? Oh, yeah, linebacker Olakunle Fadakasi. Look, one of the leading uh, Buccaneers in this game, defensive star of, of the game. Um, and shout out to Greg Allman. He actually threw out a tweet kind of compiling all the stats. I think Peter Report uh, also threw one out. But just he's a guy who showed up against the Miami Dolphins. He showed up against the Tennessee Titans. Again, lesser competition, right? He's not going up against the starters or even the bulk of the second team guys. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. But showing a lot of ability out there, a, a lot of click and close ability, which is great from a linebacker position, uh, and just a lot of athleticism. So happy to see that coming out of him. Not sure how many linebackers the Buccaneers are going to carry. You know what I mean? But at least he's giving them a reason to to make the decision a little bit di more difficult. Yeah, and uh, my bonus stud was punter, Jake Camarda, the rookie. Uh, the guy punted basically uh, every single drive, it felt like. But he averaged over 50 yards a punt. And if you remember, he had a punt that only netted like 22 yards because the Bucs were – on the tennis or inside the Tennessee 45, the ball rolled into the end zone for a touchback. So he only netted, you know, 21, 22 yards, still finished with a 50.4 punt or yards per punt average. This kid has a rocket attached to his hip. He's going to be good. I'm excited. Uh, this does not appear to be an Aguayo situation where the Bucks take a uh, special teams guy and it blows up in their face. So yeah. add tip to did, uh, you, did you mention that he put his head in there during a, a return? I mean, a very nice return by the Titans rookie, but he put his head in there, got his helmet knocked off, but he, I mean, he got in there and make the play. This wasn't a punter. who's just like, I'm going to make the play guys. I'm going to make the play guys, but not really. I'm just going to run up the field and, and look kind of weird. Like he, he went in there and tried to make the play. Hey, Bulldogs don't mess around, man. That there. is that is true. Actually, Bulldogs are very lazy and sleep a lot. But yeah, you know, I know. And they're I get the reference. <laughs> all right, David. Uh, I think that's gonna do it for us for this episode. We want to thank all of you in the live chat on YouTube. You made this a really fun experience. Uh, and a special shout out, Lindsay. I've seen you've been very active in the chat. I don't know if you were going for a space balls reference, but that's how I took that Tom Brady uh message you put in the chat. And I appreciate the heck out of that. Uh, anytime we get a Mel Brooks reference going on, makes me a happy caper. This will be considered our Monday episode. So David and I will be back on Tuesday to discuss, oh, I don't know, maybe some comments about how Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski were almost Raiders. Apparently that was a thing that dropped during the game. We're going to break that down. But of course, now that you are done with this show, we know you're preparing for your fantasy football drafts, so you need to make your next listen locked on fantasy football. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves that nobody else has. Get ready 
for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. If you want to contribute to the show, go ahead and leave us a voicemail at 813-444-5841 or send us an email to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Check out David's written work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine at BucksNation.com and make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those cannons. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.